0: (laughs) that's awesome Um, so I think I'll end on a few bus stories I I ride the bus a lot not anymore but um, I there's a few things that have happened to me on the bus before that I really thought were amazing experiences Like I like the story of how my girlfriend and I met but I once saw an entire relationship progressed from like strangers to couple on a bus at the end they were making it out. and I just I wish we had that you know at time similar but this dude was like he was ahead of his time I guess he was like like webcamming this girl and he was like get a psychotic reaction. crack addict for love. Maybe we all should. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Seth. Yeah. Thank you, Seth, and his uh, dangling houseplant. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, For him. That is funny. the first plant at an open mic, too. Uh, (laughs) All right, on deck we have Andre Ricks, who's... Oh yeah, you're here with okay. You're the person with two people. Okay. Uh give it up for Gary Salona.
1: Sorry,
0: <laughs> hey, 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 you right, your cool. name for you.
2: <laughs> I have to change that. I gotta figure out how to change that. I don't know how. Um hey guys. You guys know I'm old enough to be all of your cousins. You know <laughs> be all of your cousins. I hate when people say stuff like that. I'm like, Okay, so you're old enough to be my mom. Alright, what's your point? Um, <laughs> okay you're old you're older than me or people do stuff like this like everybody put their left hand up to the screen right and I want you to try to move your pinky without moving any of your other fingers
0: on um, gallery view guys Looking
2: yeah you know wear body, yeah, body stuff like that yeah I see you guys yeah I see you people Look. hey <laughs> hey it? <laughs> hey, so yeah, you feel me yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I started with that. Uh, <laughs> I work at a coffee shop, and I, every time I, I – I always bag on younger people. I hate younger people coming to buy coffee because it's something I just didn't do when I grew up. I, I never hung out at coffee shops. It just wasn't a thing. So every time they get their coffee, I always say, better than Adderall, huh? <laughs> they just leave. Um, that's one of the things I say to them. I, I uh, People don't respect my kink. Like, like, just like uh, Jonathan, you know, but I don't have soft nipples, but my kink, people would be like, what's the kink? I'm like, oh, getting my nipples wicked and they'd be like, that's not a kink. And then, because people with kinks would be so specific, they are like, I like syrup poured on my feet while being gagged with video in the background. And I'm like, I just like my nipples. Uh... <laughs> It's not a big thing. You you can never make transgender jokes unless you're Dave Chappelle or Bill Burr. So imagine I'm one of them. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, I I don't know how to segue into this, but I you know I have this transgender transgender people all around you. Some people that they switch their genders, but they don't change their name. So it'd be this tall woman with the fat ass and big titties. <laughs> and I'm like, you should just, just switch the name as well, because you, you're fooling me as I walk down the street with you and everybody's like, Dre, what's up? And I'm like, Who's, who are you talking to? Oh, that's your name. Oh, I didn't know that was your name. Um, all right, that's that's my end of my so-called career. Uh, okay, so, so <laughs> um, I've been using this time to reach out to family members because I don't want to see them. And they don't want to see me now, so I could try to be like, "Oh, at least I tried," and they don't have to like I don't have to do it for the rest of the year. Like I could be reaching out, like, "Hey, can I, I will come see you," but you know, gotta stay in the house. And they're like, "Yeah, I understand." So that's it. That's been good with that family members. Uh, let's see another <laughs> another OG thing. Uh, I've had I'm not worried about dying because I was almost I almost got killed when I was in high school. I used to sneak in my girlfriend's house, and her dad caught me in a room. But he was so mellow and calm about it. He just opened the door, he saw me, and then he just closed the door. He didn't say nothing. And I just heard Hall closets opening up. I called my homie Philip. I'm like, Hey, Phil, Phil, hey, listen, hey, shut the fuck up. Listen, bro. If you don't see if you don't hear from me, I was at Elsa's house. That's the last but I'm not fucking playing with you, dog. I mean, write this down. I'm at Elsa's house. If you don't hear from me, okay? And I was, it was like, uh, yeah, okay. You know, I, we're trying all kinds of stuff. Uh, I've been in the house all day. All right, uh, let's see another one. in the grown up as a guy in Oakland, or just as a guy, it's always like a thing to try to improve sexually. I don't know why. Like, that's going to be like, even to the day I die. He's a Matthew Cork. I'm sure he like still tries to improve sexually. Uh, So I remember growing up in the hood. I tried to be seductive, but there was nothing to be seductive with. You know, everybody's like tying cherry stems with their tongue. So I just used to tie bread ties with my tongue, and uh, it makes a lot of cuts, a lot of cuts in my mouth. And I try to eat sour candy afterwards. Don't do that, y'all. It's not good for you. I just wanna let y'all know that. It's not good for you. Uh, all right, that's all me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, Jordan. All right, appreciate good you.
0: for Gary Saloma, everybody. Uh, I'm changing that shit. <laughs> do you think if I have my high school ten year reunion coming like next year. Do you think like if yours was this year, you just cancel it and just like not reschedule it? Yes. Yeah. Never like go that to that. Happen. Don't.
3: You won't get anything you want out of it. Don't waste your money. Don't okay. do it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm like, yeah. I'm like the only. <laughs> I'm like the only relevant Jordan at my high school, you know? And then, like, someone at school, like, transitioned, and then his new name is Jordan. (laughs) I'm, like, kind of annoyed at that. (laughs) Um, Is that transphobic? All right. Gary took us here, so just, all right, cool. Um, Up next, yeah, Andre Riggs. And then on deck, we have Elizabeth Stanton. Oh, that's me. (laughs) right now. What's
4: happening? Alright, Andre. What
5: happened?
4: Or... No explanation.
5: I don't
4: know either. <laughs> 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 somebody won the lottery okay can't claim the two. <laughs> oh but uh Seth, what's up, man? I used to... I put that dude on a couple of open mics back in Austin. <laughs> see, uh, like a high school reunion.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> this one's free though. Um, so all right. So I was watching. Uh, I was watching Netflix. And uh, have y'all heard of the Vietnam War?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> Holy! Shit, this was not one of the good wars. This was a bad war. Did y'all heard of it? I didn't, know, I didn't know anything about it man. I was watching it and it was terrible uh, We lost So many rice So many. I love rice
1: <laughs>
4: Sugar, butter Y'all know rice? Y'all know rice? I got of rice. Yeah. yeah I don't
6: know
4: Woo.
6: what that is Ochata. <laughs>
4: I don't know. I feel like if uh, I do this, y'all y'all still fucking on face, fuck around on Facebook. Yeah. Hey, no. hey y'all know dead people can't read y'all's posts, right?
6: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Their spirits can. No. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of Facebook, password.
4: You, know, you know, the post I'm talking about too. It's like, Grandpa, I wish you were still here. Grandpa, I wish you're around so I could smell your farts and shit. It's like, <laughs> Grandpa I can't read that, but I do wish I had Grandpa's Facebook password so I could every time I get a post, I just hit it with like, oh. you know what I mean? It kind of freaks some people out. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> I'm supposed to get twelve hundred dollars. Anybody expecting that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Everybody a expecting that <laughs> I need some new shoes. Um yeah, man, up here watching this uh people dying in Italy like crazy. My my girl's a quarter Italian, so I'm about to get rid of her. I I can't catch it. <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what else is going on. Um, I'm blanking right now. I just ate some food. You know how you eat and you get lazy and shit? You don't want to do nothing? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Y'all drink alcohol? Y'all, y'all mess with the alcohol? I think we drink alcohol, man, and for the one ingredient that they don't put on the bottle, which is confidence.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: All right. <laughs> it's too much alcohol. Man. Like I've been in zero fights sober. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? With the confidence of alcohol, I've been on the fight. I just kept my hands in my pockets the whole time. That's how it was, it was bad. Alcohol had me thinking I could just headbutt people to death. Shit, I actually know people like that. That's too much confidence. That's what I'm saying. I never been that confident on cocaine. You know what I mean? On cocaine, I'll just say, yeah. Both my parents are white, and I'm not an. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, play in sync. I say <laughs> better off stage. Uh, I you ever heard something about? one say to the other he was like yeah probably because both he's like probably because you're an addict like both of us and I was like in <laughs> me like I can't be an addict dog. I drive a city bus first of all that's not good and uh that really hurt my feelings like I can't but I couldn't argue because ever since I was 18 like I haven't taken a considerable break off of substances at all it's always been something weed alcohol uh, cocaine, zebra cakes, pills, it's always been something, you know what I mean? Only a few people know zebra cakes. So. i tell you how I knew I had to stop <laughs> taking pills when I ordered lasagna at a job interview. <laughs> that was a pretty clear sign. Uh, I get that. Roll. Shout out to Mac mm-hmm. Uh They got some good lasagna. Uh... Where am I at? How much That's time? time? That's time. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, cool. Hey, thank you. Give it up for Andre, everyone. Yeah.
1: Woo! Yay. It's the
0: sugar, butter, what rice is that what How do you eat cakes? rice, man? Sugar, butter, and rice cake. Yeah. Oh, what zebra cakes, what Kevin, are zebra audience? cakes? We
4: have an audience. We have a question. Oh, zebra cakes. Little Debbie's cake. not. Little Debbie little not. Yeah. yeah, little Debbie. Come on, they man. The, they got the, the, white, the chocolate stripes across oh. the white. Oh, cake. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Google that.
0: Cool. Freaks me out when people eat rice like sweet, like to <laughs> be in like dessert. Like the first time I saw rice pudding, I was like, What the fuck is this? you know.
1: <laughs> what chocolate? Like
0: yeah, it's like if you came to Asia and you saw like Amazing. pasta pudding, you know, <laughs> I'd be like how it feels That's for cool. me. Um all right. Uh on deck we have Ruben Anthony. Uh so get up for your next comic Elizabeth Sten. Do
7: yeah. you guys see me? Okay, cool. Oh, is yeah. there a way to record this actually?
0: Uh, you can yeah,
8: do another phone,
0: that's it. what I did.
7: Wait, is there a way to record it on my end?
0: I can record it now. I'm recording okay. it now if you awesome. want Thank I you. It to.
7: You. Yeah, because yeah, I have no way of watching back any of this. I'm like, it's the same thing I tell every guy before I drag him to the bedroom. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, I need to set up a camera i need to know what i'm doing wrong okay
1: <laughs>
7: besides if i have no proof of it how can i prove to anyone that i actually did it right <laughs> so uh um i i answered a lot of this stuff before but uh i think it's interesting like we don't credit the Chinese enough right like they have created a lot of stuff like for example they were the first ones to create corona and to die from it They were also the first ones to have noodles. So the Chinese actually invented pasta. But in both cases, the Italians perfected it. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty scary. Kirkland, Washington had a massive outbreak of this. Uh, You know, they're the ones that originated Costco first. The People there, they've just been catching it in bulk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's okay though as soon as there's a cure they'll be selling it wholesale
1: <laughs>
7: <laughs> now look I agree I think that there is a cure for corona like I agree with what Mike Kent said thoughts and prayers
4: <laughs> yeah, right <laughs>
7: but uh whose prayers are we answering on this like I'm just saying today I was going to Costco And it was so overcrowded, I couldn't find a spot. And a guy cut me off. And I think the same as everyone does in that situation. I think, God, why are there so many of these fucking assholes? I wish there was just a massive plague that would wipe them out.
4: Oops. You got it.
7: Lots and prayers. Now, the British, they've been well prepared for the outbreak. In fact, they even hired Julie Andrews to do a public service announcement. She's been warning everyone what to do if they think they've contracted it. She's been heard singing on the BBC. Oh, a spoonful of sugar makes the cyanide go down. The cyanide go down, the cyanide go down. (laughs) Now, I have a friend, he's really upset about he's saying that his life is just utterly miserable now that he can't see his kids because they're locked down away from him i told him i completely understand i know how that is i can't see my kids anymore planned parenthood wouldn't let me keep the scraps
1: Uh, (laughs) 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 look
7: guys i'm not saying that i don't like kids but like they're just such whiny little bastards aren't they Um. Like, all they do is cry when you fuck them. (laughs) Oh, my God. Guys, relax. Seriously, I have a little nephew, and you should see him. He's fucking adorable. His brothers and sisters are all over him. I keep telling my brother to stop jerking off on his damn kid. (sighs) His birthday was coming up, so I got him a little gift. I I bought him a ball. (laughs) A ball gag. (laughs) That way... I don't hear his cries when I fuck him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, how can you take me serious on this? If I wanted to fuck someone that had an incredibly low IQ and a half-inch dick, I'd just go out and pick up an Irishman. Oh, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I did an entire string of potato patties. Mm. It's like if the last name starts with Mick. I'm loving it. Uh-huh. <laughs> And you know, it seems it doesn't matter how big the Irish guy, they've always a wee leprechaun hiding in their pants.
9: <laughs>
7: and since none of them are circumcised, it's kind of like leprechaun too. Leprechaun the hood!
3: <laughs> <laughs>
7: you know, it's interesting, I know that a lot of people are against late-term abortions, but I fully support it. In fact, I'll go, I'll go a step further. Okay.
5: okay.
7: I would say that if you created a child, that you should have the right to take them out at any given point. Now hear me out. Time. I'm sorry, is that time?
0: First finish,
7: finish the bit, yeah, first the bit. Um, my okay. sense is that you have to, be able to take them out at any given point. I'm just saying, like, Hey, the manufacturer has the right to recall any defective product before releasing it to the public. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, if you have a daughter and she's not up to standard, well, hey, you do not put out non-grade A beef. Think that's is that time?
0: Yes. Yeah, okay. Cool. Thank you. Sorry, going to figure out this thing better, but thank you, good for Elizabeth, everybody. Alright, I have us recorded. So it's a strange video to explain to people. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alright, uh, on deck, we have Jennifer Perez. Uh, everyone good up for Ruben. Is Ruben here? Well, he's not. Okay, on deck is Jason. <laughs> also doesn't seem to be here. Is Nora here?
6: I am here. I'm okay. thrilled to be here. Okay, Nora, so you're on deck. That you guys... oh, amazing, okay. thank you.
0: Okay, uh, Jennifer, please get up for your next comic, Jennifer Perez. Everyone.
8: Yay! 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 Hi, everybody. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm Jen Perez. Um, my uh my middle initial my middle initial is A. So I uh, guess what that spells. Jap. Jap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It spells Jap. My my mom thought it'd be funny to, to call her uh, chinky-eyed daughter Jap. yeah I mean my mom, she she's kind of she's kind of a little bit of a narcissist and uh you know she she made me repeat the first grade because uh because she was jealous I could read <laughs> <laughs> uh you know uh like I said you know my name is Jen Perez um sometimes people people think i I kind of look like Rosie Perez sometimes I sound like her too <laughs> And um, you know, recently, before all this happened, I uh, I had gone to my doctor. My doctor's name is Bob. I mean, I don't I don't know what his name is not William or anything. It's Bob, and I don't know how to say his last name. He's packed or something. But uh, Doctor Bob, he he, uh, he found a small hernia inside my my belly, like right behind my belly button. I'm like, damn, I have a hernia. I'm like, all right, well, I'll, I'll name it. Uh, I named him Barry Because he 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 told me It's going to cost you $2,000 to remove Barry All the money, Bob? You took all the money? Anyways, there's that Um, I guess I'm bombing Real bad, okay Uh, There's no such thing in these Zoom
6: meetings No such thing (laughs)
8: Okay, cool my uh, my abuelo, he he uh he calls my grandpa my abuelo. He calls every white man he meets John like every every time he meets a white guy, he calls him John. it's because it's the only reason why he says that is because my uncles growing up, they had one friend and his name was John, so he was white. So every time, he, okay, John, uh, yes, 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 John, no, no worries, John. Like all the time, it's my grandpa calls every white man he. Meets John. I was a kid, like, well, when I graduated college, I, um, I, you know, I, I was a dancer or whatever, and I'd go to a lot of auditions. And so I'd give my grandpa all my audition numbers. And he's like, oh, John gave you audition numbers. Yeah, that's great, John. Yeah, 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 grandpa. He's like, we'll play the lottery, I'll play the lottery. And he's like, no, no, I tried to play it, and I got to play it in reverse, and this and that. All right, that that didn't work. Um. <laughs> I'm not having a good day today Okay. Uh, <laughs>
1: the, uh, the last
8: the last three dudes I slept with had brain injuries <laughs> uh, I, I didn't they were like that before they met me i I, I swear I didn't do anything uh, they had brain injuries uh, I, I don't know what it is about my personality He got shot in the head. And the second guy uh, had brain surgery when he was a baby. And the third guy got into a car accident. And I mean now at this point all I'm doing is I'm I'm going to the whenever we can go to bars again, I'm going out there with a hammer. Either that or just dating NFL players. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about my uncle. Uh, his nickname is Tortuga. And Tortuga in Spanish means turtle. Cause he's a little slow. He knows oh. the but um he's a little so he lives with his mom. He's a truck driver. Um he uses C B radio. He's like, I don't know, he's gotta be like in his fifties old. And uh and um he confessed to me that he's in a polyamorous relationship. Although he doesn't know what polyamorous means, but uh he's been dating two women for the past ten years. It's two more than me. You can hold a relationship longer than I can with someone who, who can actually lead probably and doesn't have brain injury. Okay, thank you.
0: <laughs> Good
7: to see you, Jen. Nice to see you.
0: I'm exactly up SP, and i uh, starting to realize like I used to give all the white host shit for like mispronouncing names, but until <laughs> you oh, you don't realize how hard it is. Please go after that comic for us I love
6: this thing. You know, why? it's it's funny because when you are this much of an attention whore, it's very interesting how much like the need for praise comes in. Um, but with, one of the things that people always say that I grew into my height now obviously you can't see this over zoom but I am six foot fucking three and being a middle child when you're also six foot three there's a lot of things that comes with that so not only do I demand all of the attention by nature my stature is such that when I'm not given the attention that this height simply (laughs) requires I'm baffled and I wonder to myself one am I not as cute as I think I am or two am I not as charming as I think I am and both of those solutions lead people when they first meet me to come to one of either of two conclusions one I'm either the most outrageous person they've ever met or I'm high out of my fucking mind (laughs) answer is usually (laughs) a lot of things come into question for you you always wonder like am I cute enough am I like pretty enough and especially as a six foot three heterosexual woman, everyone doubted me my whole life. Everyone questioned my heterosexuality just because of the sheer volume of myself. And it couldn't be possible, or nay, it was implausible that a six foot fucking three basketball player could want cock astonishing to people <laughs> truly astonishing and so my basketball team in high school they were really supportive of my endeavors to try and I don't know prove my heterosexuality if you will and so my basketball team in high school I used to desperately want I thought Timberland boots were sexy I thought that they were so cute. I wanted to wear them with a baby doll. I wanted to wear them with I wanted to wear them out. And the girls, I will never forget. Emily Tapio, I once told her about the outfit I wanted to wear. Emily Tapio, my basketball captain in high school, said, Nora, do you want to get fucked or do you want to look at a lesbian your whole life? You will not wear Timbaland boots. Now... I moved to San Francisco 18 months ago, the most sexually and drug enriched city on the planet. <laughs> and the most liberated and liberal places, maybe in the entire world. Sex clubs in Tel Aviv don't have the liberalism of San Francisco. So when I first got here and I finally wanted, Mm-hmm. All of Dang it So part of the chunk of the Timbaland. Jordan, you'll give me the light whenever we're ready. Okay. But to end the bit, one last thing on this is to be six foot three. Uh, and in San Francisco, again, the heterosexual ratio of men to women in this city is two to one. But I don't know what happened in this city. They all seem to have taken John Mullaney's dating advice. You can't just <laughs> knock that girl out. You have to be nervous for <laughs> liking. <laughs> and the men who hate me San it's just appalling. But the women in San Francisco, they come up to me and they're like, Paul, oh girl, I bet you there's no men. They figured it out way better than the heteros have. Thank you all so much. My name is Nora.
0: Woo! Uh, uh, All right, all my jokes in between comics are bombings.
10: Was always worried we were going to get killed or something even when I was really little I remember one time I was younger, it was younger and it was hot so I opened the window and then I get in the bed and I'm waiting for her and she comes in and she sees the windows open she's like what the hell is that window open for you trying to get murdered strangled killed Polly Clap 1993 you're, you're, she was murdered strangled killed she left a window open I'm like, why are you telling me this? I'm fine. Uh, but she'll still do that even like, even though we're adults and I went traveling to California to be like, oh, hey, Mom, how are you? And she's like, oh, yes, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm like, yeah, I rented a Jeep today. And there's just silence. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh my God, a Jeep gate gate. Yeah. Espy rented a Jeep. Oh my God, a Jeep. Stacy, tell her about the rollovers. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling it. Listen, SV Jeep, they tend to roll over, cause they're box. So you know, you you see what happens is they roll over, then you get murdered, strangled,
5: killed.
10: <laughs> I uh, I, it's tough. Being like a smaller lady, because I, I don't like walking anywhere alone at night. The other night, I was walking back to my car, and three guys started following me. So I jump in the car and I lock my door. And then this one guy yells out, "He's like, hey, you know, uh, we just wanted to talk." Like, how stupid do you think I am? I have, to have an opportunity like that. Like, I need more friends. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> I
5: to
10: hop together. Speaking of I hop, I feel like I'm like a huge I hop connoisseur. I'm not like super proud of that. Um, <laughs> I have like a friend. She's like, she's like, oh my god, like I went to IHOP, and the service was terrible. And I was like, yeah, Cheryl, you don't go there for fine dining. You go there to feel better about yourself. <laughs> the last time I went, it was uh. I go, I'm sitting there for like 30, 40 minutes and finally, she comes up to me and she's like, what do you want? And I'm like, hey, yeah, I'll take the banana pancakes cause I hate banana. And sure enough, she comes back with blueberry. I was like, hell yeah. Um, see, <laughs> You guys, does anyone run? Like, Joel? Wow, you guys are not. <laughs> no.
1: No.
10: The, uh, I would, no, I was just thinking about it because I'll run. But I have a friend that's always trying to convince me. He's like, oh, man, you should really run inside on a treadmill because it's way easier. It's not too hot, not too cold. You can, like, control all the settings. And I'm like, uh, that is not the point of running. Running's about survival of the fittest. So I run in areas where there's a high percentage of sex offenders.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
10: that way I can't Or I'll just go to Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a hamster. His name is Lavaca. And sometimes I'll travel with him, um, which is fine. But the only time it's not fine is whenever I go to the airport airport security is always like hey man, we need you to take the animal of the carrying case and i'm like seriously like he's such a good boy he would never do anything to anyone <gasps> Lavaca! and i take him out and he has an assault rifle <laughs> um what how much time do i have
0: uh, i always forget to record but i think it's like about now
10: hi i'll be done thank you all
0: right cool thank you all right thank you. Woo! Yeah, I always like get too hey. so excited by people's sets and forget to start the timer. Um, or oh, I'm just bad at this. All right. On deck, we have Sereni, And then our next comic, everyone, please give it up for Matthew Quirk.
3: Hey. hey, lookies, where is he? <laughs> uh, you're
0: on mute. Old
3: man can't figure it out.
5: (laughs) Yeah, the same old man that's giving sex tips to you young black guys. That's (laughs) the old (laughs) man Anyway, you should show me a little more respect. I'm an essential worker, unlike the rest of you. Uh, anyway, I've been, uh, I've got some reports from my van. I'm coming up on the van of my moving from an apartment to a van. Uh, I'm sheltering, but I'm not in place. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for now on, can we call these things? These aren't open mics. These are closed mics. <laughs> closed mics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I... I can't believe I let Armageddon happen before I learned how to hunt. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking letdown. Uh I saw someone on Facebook said that they were gonna start stealing jokes. Um, I tell you what, anyone steals one of my jokes, they're gonna be opening a can of social distancing on their ass. <laughs> Uh, I'm not real worried about coronavirus, because right now every side piece in the world is putting together their hive mind to come up with a solution here. I think it's going to be solved in like another week. Um, I find it odd that people are like, we're not shaking hands, right? We're like bumping elbows. And then we cough into our elbow, and then we bump elbows. I I think that's a better point or something. Uh, I've noticed that the current agenda. You thinking? it, yeah, yeah. Sanders to me. Uh, I've been watching the, uh, Unabomber on Netflix and I gotta tell you, that guy makes some pretty solid points. <laughs> True. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but, uh, India, has closed its borders. All 1.3 billion mm. people ah. are in lockdown there. Uh, yeah, India's closed, but seven. India closed, but Seven Eleven is still open. <laughs> <laughs> Narendra, Narendra Modi is like, "Thank you, come again." Uh, anyway, seriously, what the fuck are we gonna do without tech support? <laughs> We're going to collapse Hey you know Play anything Play anything right now uh, Let's see So apparently uh, United
8: Airlines
0: And I'm going to check next time for, So I can name the song that we played Because I forgot it And one of them will know it.
8: Dank Sinatra.
0: I remember that when I was looking up the band online, I said, Dank Sinatra, that sounds like a total weed dealer's name. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you got to go see my friend Dank Sinatra. (laughs) So what what are your guys' favorite things about going on tour, and what are your least favorite things? When I say guys, I mean folks. <laughs>
5: uh, my big takeaway uh, from this whole coronavirus is none of you guys know how to wash and your fucking hands.
0: That's a big revelation. All right. uh, yeah. All right, was is that, is that those my those one yet. minute? All right. Sorry. Okay, sorry. I, I need that was, uh, all right. I'm going to zoom this. No problem. Give it up for Matthew Quirk, everybody. Hey. Yay. all right so we have two more comics left uh we have pam benjamin closing this out and right after that she's going to transition this into her joke workshop uh, so please stay around for that uh please don't give up for your next comics or any. whatever that.
11: red right, hell yeah um let's see wait so we're doing so are you lighting us when we're done
0: uh, (laughs) i I want everyone to keep it at four minutes Uh, i told people to keep a stopwatch running in the beginning i'm not timing you now but I'm still trying to figure out the best It's to,
11: to light them at one minute,
0: but okay. I to, yeah, I know. But no one sees the light. No one sees the light, right? It's all so good. I want to be the light as, like, the finish this bit light. So No, you're
1: totally
11: fine. fine. But also, that didn't cut into my time, right? No,
0: you're, okay, you just shit. start whenever you start. Yeah, let's start. Yeah, let's start.
11: Um, <laughs> fucking... This is the first uh, online, online mic... Don't worry, I'm tired of myself. Uh, it's the first like online mic thing that I've done, so this is fucking cool. It's a little weird, but it's cool. Um, I this is the thing: is the other day I made spam musubi. I've been doing a lot of cooking, you know what I mean? And it came out really fucking good. And that's the ra- that's the rad thing about this virus: is people are dying, but I'm learning how to motherfucking cook. Okay, <laughs> like, and also le- I'm learning how to buy two weeks worth of groceries. That, this virus is teaching me single-handedly how to be an adult. That's fucking wild. I actually use all the groceries. I can't afford for them to, uh, you know, go rotten. I, uh, I am a uh, non-essential person to, to society. <laughs> I'm a barista. Uh, it's just further proving that, you know, we don't value our food service workers. Uh, I remember somebody walked into my cafe and they... Did the worst thing you could do? They stole money out of the tip jar, and my coworker, she was like, you know, well, if 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 he's stealing tips, like he needs it more than I do. So I've been stealing her tips. Literally, <laughs> I needed more. Okay, I fucking I don't have a job right now. I don't have comedy. I have no reason to live. I uh, I want to go outside. I want to. I want to uh, fucking. It's, it's weird, man. I I know like. Let's see, what did she talk about? Oh, the other thing is my, so I, I'm staying with my girlfriend and uh, and you know, it's, I feel like we haven't been having, we've been doing a lot of puzzles. Let's put it like that. We've been doing a lot of puzzles because honestly, she one day, the other day, because she, she was like, hey, it's Rainy, me, you, we go, we, we're gonna fuck right now on the skin couch and you can do all that freaky shit to me that you've been wanting to do, and I'll let you. And I'm like, yeah, but like, can we do like 10 more puzzle pieces and then do it? Like I am prioritizing puzzling because it's just fucking fun and I've neglected it. And this virus has showed me how wonderful and calming they can be. I miss having emotional abuse at work, just human interaction. I would even take someone calling me a fucking idiot who doesn't know how to make a latte. I would cherish that right now. Like a fucking Stockholm Syndrome food service worker, you know? I want someone to just spit in my face and tell me that my fucking coffee sucks because I just miss human interaction. I'm fine. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Um, all I'm saying <laughs> is the Bay Area would not have gotten, you know, the coronavirus as bad as it had if, if Oakland was not so PC and inclusive, all right? Everybody... Everybody pushed away that cruise ship and said, no, nah, fuck that. We don't want that. We don't fucking want it. Everybody's just pushing around this fucking thing, right? But the, U- but the fucking Oakland's like, oh, well, you know, we should. They're, they're, Everyone's a refugee, and we got to keep posting. <laughs> they're the reason why we have the virus. Anyways. Um. I've been freaking out a little bit. I don't know if you guys have been freaking out, but I can't tell if I'm about to have a panic attack or I am having a panic attack or I am feeling the symptoms of coronavirus, which is short breath, and then I start panicking about having symptoms of coronavirus and then I'm having a panic attack, but then I think it's coronavirus. I feel like if one person relates to this, that's all that fucking matters. (laughs) I'm doing it for you, Jet. All right, uh, boomers, they call it a living room, all right? But, uh, you know, millennials, we call it a space.
1: <laughs> <laughs> millennials,
11: fucking boomers, they call it a feng shui, but we call it making Room for a new fucking roommate. Oh, that's the light. Fucking last comment. Um, you know, boomers call it hating millennials, and we call it hating ourselves because we hate ourselves. All
0: right. Thank you so much. See, uh, the light's hard to see, man. Now you know. You're right.
11: You're right. You're right.
0: You're right. So we're trying to figure out the best way. All right. Uh, closing things out, we have Pam Benjamin and please stay around for the joke. We're ah! back after a same I'll... room, don't have to go anywhere. Hey. It's so in, weird
3: looking at yourself. Oh, I don't like that. Ah, how did you do that? Turn it off. I can't look at myself. I hate it.
1: Ah! All right. now I don't
3: I'll know where to no, look. Talk. I can't I can't handle it. Look. I like radio. Uh
1: the circle.
3: Ah! do I I have to swipe and get rid of it? How do I get rid of myself? Ah, okay, thank God. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I can't. It's too It's too scary to look at myself because um, it's the corona times. I live in the Tenderloin. Nothing is different. Nothing at all is different about the Tenderloin. Uh, everyone is still in a tent and pooping on the street. No one is keeping their tent six feet apart. It's fine. <laughs> the police keep going by. They're like, get your tent six feet apart, social distancing. People are smiling. A man with three teardrop tattoos by his eye uh, smiled at me and said I was pretty. I was like, wow, I love the Tenderloin this time of year. Corona has only made my life more beautiful. Um, I do live in the Tenderloin. I Weird things happen in San Francisco. We have some weird hygiene issues. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Uh, the, the pants I'm wearing right now, I found these pants in a tree in the Mission. Uh, these are tree pants. Now that's a thing. Uh, my question is if tree pants... Don't smell like pee. Do I have to wash them before I wear them? No, no, in these corona times. No, you don't have to, to do that. Actually, you probably should wash them before you wear them. <laughs> it's pretty gross. Uh, San, <laughs> San Francisco's specific hygiene question number two. If you're using the public restroom at Civic Center, uh, do you leave the toilet seat up or down after you've been slamming heroin? Is that more of an etiquette question? I don't know how that works. Uh, Question three, I've been trying to lower my carbon footprint. I don't know about y'all. So if I use the same teepee to wipe my nose, and then my twat, can I give my vagina Corona? (laughs) Can I give it Simplex 2? Corona Simplex 2? No, I don't know if that's... Tried to change a herpes joke into a Corona joke, not as successful as it was in my mind. That's that's absolutely fine. Uh, I did learn that if you do use the same tissue to wipe your nose and then your tushy, you can give your butthole herpes. Herpes simplex one and two are the same herpes, just location, location, location. Don't live in the tenderloin. I live in the tenderloin. There's a lot of poop, still a lot of poop everywhere. I play a, a game. I used to hang out with small children. I don't anymore, but because... (laughs) <laughs> nobody's allowed to hang out with anybody but I used to hold their hands and we'd see a pile on the ground and I would say man or beast man or beast it's a fun game that you two can play with children what I learned from a four-year-old is if it's up against a wall it's always man They <laughs> understand physics at that age such a tender young age uh hey I've been I've learned some important things lately. Uh, If you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, you don't eat your boogers, you smoke them. Important pro tips for everyone during these drug conservation times. If anyone has any benzodiazepines, I'd like them. I saw someone in the Tenderloin yesterday try to buy heroin with toothpaste. <laughs> the guy was like, no, money is what's going to work right now. He's like, but you can't, uh, you, you can't buy toothpaste with food stamps. He's like, you can't buy heroin with food stamps either, you dummy. It's, tenderloin's getting a little more desperate with all the drugs. Uh, I I was wondering what are heroin addicts going to do now that there's no more drugs? What happens if everything's shut down for another week? How am I going to get my drugs? No one else is worried. (laughs) Just me. I need my benzodiazepine so I can sleep and not think about the coming apocalypse. I actually do enjoy this coming apocalypse. I've been casing the house that I want. It's at 819 Eddie street. It's filled with lawyers and I can't wait for the shit really to go down because no one from Walnut Creek is coming into their stupid lawyer place in the, you know, it's a beautiful building from 1896. It survived the first earthquake. It's my apocalypse house. Come and uh, yeah, that's it. Come, come join me at 819 Eddie. We're taking it over. <laughs> Thanks Jordan for having this open mic. Bye, Ooh. yay. Thank
0: you, Good for Pam. Yay. Thank you everyone who stuck around. Um, I'm doing an open mic again on Thursday. At six Pacific, nine Eastern, where I give everyone a dollar if they perform. So, what's <laughs> happening? Because someone gave me a really nice donation, so I'm just paying it back forward. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be the same room, and uh, I think we're going to go into the. I don't know how you run this panel, so just whenever you want. Oh
3: well, I wasn't going to because I'm kind of waiting for the auto podcast at Mutiny to start at six, so. But I don't even okay. know. I didn't really oh. have any pre-signs, so I don't even think I'm gonna do it because oh, okay. I don't think anyone's right. so but thank you for offering it because I know this costs money or something. I don't know how Zoom works, but I tried to yeah. sign up for a thing and it's like
0: you need to pay me money. I was
3: like, no. So thank yeah. you for the opportunity.
0: It. Yeah. If you need yeah, if you need it. Whatever. Just let me know. Thank I can you. And lend
3: you the room. Yeah. And um, I've been live streaming this at Mutiny and the podcast will be out after and I'll tag it. I'll add it to the thingy on the bacon if you want to listen or whatever. Yeah, but I just great. record it. So thanks for letting me record it. Yay. Everybody's talents and yay. Yay. You know, we show by
6: action that support is positive and like helps a community and like other people will support their communities and that like we can act and negate what's been happening. Like we as a whole society can act and they get what's happening.
0: And w- w- do you?
1: Tonight, <laughs> oh,
5: please give it up for DJ Sasquatch for with show. We have a fantastic program of music for you this evening. How many people out there like pins of light? they are
2: playing here tonight. Unfucking believable. Uh, has anybody ever seen the birth effects? They're fine, they're
5: great. They're from Los Angeles, and they're gonna fucking melt your faces and kick your eye holes in. But, I know, sounds very aggressive. It's very aggressive. But so, first and foremost, we're gonna kick it off with uh, something we're very excited about. Welcome to the stage, people,
2: War Bison.
5: other while they do their thing. Then pins of light, T.J. Sasquatch Garage and the bar is open, nobody's drinking nearly enough.
3: All right, that was the first band. We're going to stop the recording. We'll be back, everybody, with more cool stuff from the makeup room tonight.
5: Jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. D. You want more open mics? Fridays, Flap. 6 to 8. Happy hour Flap with us On and
2: Radio. D. Dot fm.
5: Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio.
1: I knew these people, these two people,
5: they were in love with each other. The girl was very young, about 17 or 18, I guess. And the guy was quite a bit older.
9: In spite of the terrible thing she was going to do, Wesley couldn't help feeling a little sorry for her, and he had an idea Robbie felt the same. The follow-up story they'd read about her in the Echo told a tale as familiar as it was sordid. Candace Candy Rhymer, age 41, divorced, three children now in the custody of their father. For the last 12 years of her life, she'd been in and out of spin-drive facilities, According to an acquaintance, she seemed to have no friends, she had tried AA and decided it wasn't for her. Too much holy rolling. She had been arrested for DUI half a dozen times. She had lost her license after each of the last two, but in both cases it had been restored the second time by special petition. She needed her license to get to her job at the fertilizer factory in Bainbridge, she told Judge Wallenby. What she didn't tell him was that she had lost the job six months previous, and nobody checked. Candy Reimer was a booze bomb waiting to go off, and the explosion was now very close. The story hadn't mentioned her home address in Montgomery, but it didn't need to. In what Wesley considered a rather brilliant piece of investigative journalism, especially for The Echo, the reporter had retraced Candy's final binge, from the pot of gold in Central City to the broken windmill in Eddyville to Bandy's Bar in Hobson. There, the bartender was going to try to take her keys, unsuccessfully. Candy was going to give him the finger and leave, shouting, I'm done giving my business to this dive, back over her shoulder. That was at 7 o'clock. The reporter theorized that Candy must have pulled over somewhere for a short nap, possibly on Route 124, before cutting across to Route 80. A little further down 80, she would make her final stop. A fiery one. Once Robbie put the thought in his head, Wesley kept expecting his always trusty Chevrolet to die and coast to a stop at the side of the two-lane blacktop, a victim of either a bad battery or the paradox laws. Candy Reimer's taillights would disappear from view, and they would spend the following hours making frantic but useless calls, always assuming their phones would even work out here in the Willywags, wags and cursing themselves for not disabling her vehicle back in Eddyville while they still had a chance. But the Malibu cruised as effortlessly as always, without a single gurgle or glitch. He stayed about half a mile behind Candy's explorer. Man, she's all over the road, Robbie said. Maybe she'll ditch the damn thing before she gets to the next bar, save us the trouble of slashing her tires. According to the Echo, that doesn't happen. Yeah, but we know the future's not cast in stone, don't we? Maybe this is another err or something. Wesley didn't think it worked that way with Ur-Local, but he kept his mouth shut. Either way, it was too late now. Candy Reimer made it to Banty's without going in the ditch or hitting any oncoming traffic, although she could have done either. God knew she had enough close calls. When one of the cars that swerved out of her way passed Wesley's Malibu, Robbie said, That's a family. Mom, Pop, three little kids goofing around in the back. That was when Wesley stopped feeling sorry for Reimer and started feeling angry at her. It was a clean, hot emotion that made his peek at Ellen feel paltry by comparison. That bitch, he said. His knuckles were white on the steering wheel. That drunken, who-gives-a-shit bitch. I'll kill her if that's the only way I can stop her. I'll help, Robbie said, then clamped his mouth so tightly shut his lips nearly disappeared. They didn't have to kill her, and the paradox laws stopped them no more than the laws against drinking and driving had stopped Candy Reimer on her tour of southern Kentucky's more desperate watering holes. The parking lot of Banty's Bar was paved, but the buckling concrete looked like something left over from an Israeli bombing raid in Gaza. Overhead, a fizzing neon rooster flashed on and off. Hooked in one set of its talons was a moonshine jug with XXX printed on the side. The Reimer woman's explorer was parked almost directly beneath this fabulous bird, and by its stuttering orange-red glow, Wesley slashed open the elderly SUV's front tires with the butcher knife they had brought for that express purpose. As the whoosh of escaping air hit him, he was struck by a wave of relief so great that at first he couldn't get up, but only hunker on his knees like a man praying. My turn, Robbie said. And a moment later, the explorer settled further as the kid punctured the rear tires. Then came another hiss. He had put a hole in the spare for good measure. By then, Wesley had gotten to his feet. Let's park around to the side, Robbie said. I think we'd better keep an eye on her. I'm going to do a lot more than that, Wesley said. Easy, big fellow. What are you planning on? I'm not planning. I'm beyond that. But the rage shaking through his body suggested something different. According to the echo, she had called Banty's a dive in her parting shot. But apparently that had been cleaned up for family consumption. What she actually threw back over her shoulder was, I'm done doing business with this shit pit. Only by this point she was so drunk, the vulgarity came out in a slippery slur. Shit Robbie, fascinated at seeing the news story played out before his eyes right down to the upraised middle finger, which the echo had primly referred to as an obscene gesture, made no effort to grab Wesley as he strode toward her. He did call, wait, but Wesley didn't. He seized the woman and commenced shaking her. Candy Reimer's mouth dropped open. The keys she'd been holding in the hand not occupied with bird flipping dropped to the cracked concrete tarmac. Let me go, you bastard. Wesley didn't. He slapped her face hard enough to split her lower lip, then went back on her the other way. Sober up, he screamed into her frightened face. Sober up, you useless bitch. Get a life and stop fucking up other people's. You're going to kill people. Don't you understand that? You are going to fucking kill people. He slapped her a third time, the sound as loud as a pistol shot. She staggered back against the side of the building, weeping and holding her hands up to protect her face. Blood trickled down her chin. Their shadows turned into elongated gantries by the neon bird, winked off and on. He raised his hand to slap a fourth time, better to slap than to choke, which is what he really wanted to do, but Robbie grabbed him from behind and wrestled him away. Stop it, that's enough! The bartender, and a couple of goofy-looking patrons were now standing in the doorway, gawking. Candy Reimer had slid down to a sitting position. She was weeping hysterically, her hands pressed to her swelling face. Why does everyone hate me? She sobbed. Why is everyone so goddamn mean? Wesley looked at her dully, the anger out of him. What replaced it was a kind of hopelessness. He would say that a drunk driver who caused the deaths of at least 11 people had to be evil, but there was no evil here. Only a sobbing alky sitting on the cracked, weedy concrete of a country roadhouse parking lot. A woman who, if the off-and-on light of the stuttering rooster did not lie, had wet her pants. You can get the person, but you can't get the evil, Wesley said. The evil always survives. Isn't that a bitch? Just a total bitch. Yeah, I'm sure, but come on, before they get a really good look at you. Robbie was leading him back to the Malibu. Wesley went as docilely as a child. He was trembling. The evil always survives, Robbie. In all the errs, remember that. You bet, absolutely. Give me the keys. I'll drive. Hey! Someone shouted from behind them. Why in the hell did you beat up that woman? She wasn't doing nothing to you. Come back here. Robbie pushed Wesley into the car, ran around the hood, threw himself behind the wheel, and drove away fast. He kept the pedal down until the stuttering rooster disappeared, then eased up. What now? Wesley ran a hand over his eyes. I'm sorry I did that, he said, and yet I'm not. You understand? Yeah, Robbie said. You bet. It was for Coach Silverman and Josie, too. He smiled. My little mousey. Wesley smiled. So where do we go, home? Not yet, Wesley said. They parked on the edge of a cornfield near the intersection of Route 139 and Highway 80, two miles west of Cadiz. They were early, and Wesley used the time to fire up the pink kindle. When he tried to access Ur local, he was greeted by a somehow unsurprising message. This service no longer available. Probably for the best, he said. Robbie turned toward him. Say what? Nothing, it doesn't matter. He put the Kindle back in his briefcase. Wes? What, Robbie? Did we break the paradox laws? Undoubtedly, Wes said and with some satisfaction. At five to nine, they heard honking and saw lights. They got out of the Malibu and stood in front of it, waiting. Wesley observed that Robbie's hands were clenched and was glad he himself wasn't the only one still afraid that Candy Reimer might still somehow appear. Headlights breasted the nearest hill, it was the bus, followed by a dozen cars filled with Lady Meerkat supporters, all honking deliriously and flashing their high beams off and on. As the bus passed, Wesley heard young female voices singing, We Are the Champions, and felt a chill race up his back and lift the hair on his neck. He raised his hand and waved. Beside him, Robbie did the same. Then he turned to Wesley, smiling. What do you say, brah? You want to join the parade? Wesley clapped him on the shoulder. That sounds like a damn fine idea. When the last of the cars had passed, Robbie got in line. Like the others, he honked and flashed his lights all the way back to Moore. Wesley didn't mind. Seven, the Paradox Police. When Robbie got out in front of Susan and Nan's, where Lady Meerkat's rule had been soaked on the window, Wesley said, Wait a sec. He came around the front of the car and embraced the kid. You did good. Ungrammatical, but appreciated. Robbie wiped at his eyes, then grinned. Does this mean I get a gift, eh, for the semester? Nope. Just some advice. Get out of football. You'll never make it a career, and your head deserves better. Duly noted, Robbie said, which was not agreement, as they both knew. Seeing class? On Tuesday, Wesley said. But 15 minutes later, he had reason to wonder if anyone would see him. Ever again. There was a car in the spot where he usually left the Malibu when he didn't leave it in parking lot A at the college. Wesley could have parked behind it, but chose the other side of the street instead. Something about the car made him uneasy. It was a Cadillac, and in the glow of the arc sodium beneath which it was parked, it seemed too bright. The red paint almost seemed to yell, Here I am. Do you like me? Wesley didn't, nor did he like the tinted windows or the oversized gangsta hubcaps with their gold Cadillac emblems. It looked like a drug dealer's car. If that was, the dealer in question also happened to be a homicidal maniac. Now, why would I think that? Stress of the day, that's all, he said, as he crossed the deserted street with his briefcase banging against his leg. He bent down. Nobody was inside the car. At least, he didn't think so. With the darkened windows, it was hard to be entirely sure. It's the paradox, police. They've come for me. This idea should have seemed ridiculous at best, a paranoid fantasy at worst, but felt like neither. And when you considered all that had happened, maybe it wasn't paranoid, paranoid at all. Wesley stretched out a hand, touched the door of the car, then snatched it back. The door felt like metal, but it was warm, and it seemed to be pulsing, as if metal or not, the car were alive." Run. The thought was so powerful he felt his lips mouth it, but he knew running wasn't an option. If he tried, the man or men who belonged to the loathsome red car would find him. This was a fact so simple that it defied logic. It bypassed logic. So instead of running, he used his key to open the street door and went upstairs. He did it slowly because his heart was racing and his legs kept threatening to give way. The door of his apartment stood open, light spilling onto the upstairs landing in a long rectangle. Ah, here you are, a not-quite-human voice said. Come in, Wesley of Kentucky. There were two of them. One was young, and one was old. The old one sat on his sofa, where Wesley and Ellen Silverman had once seduced each other to their mutual enjoyment, nay, ecstasy. The young one sat in Wesley's favorite chair, the one he always ended up in when the night was late, the leftover cheesecake tasty, the book interesting, and the light from the standing lamp just right. They both wore long, mustard-colored coats, the kind that are called dusters, and Wesley understood, without knowing how he understood, that the coats were alive. He also understood that the men wearing them were not men at all. Their faces kept changing, and what lay just beneath the skin was reptilian or bird-like or both. On their lapels, where lawmen in a western movie would have worn badges, both wore buttons bearing a red eye. Wesley thought these two were alive. Those eyes were watching him. How did you know it was me? Smelled you, the older of the two replied, and the terrible thing was this. It didn't sound like a joke. What do you want? You know why we're here, the young one said. The older of the two never spoke again at all, until the end of the visit. Listening to one of them was bad enough. It was like listening to a man whose voice box was stuffed with crickets. I suppose I do, Wesley said. His voice was steady, at least so far. I broke the paradox laws. He prayed they didn't know about Robbie and thought they might not. The Kindle had been registered to Wesley Smith, after all. You have no idea what you did, the man in the yellow coat said in a meditative voice. The tower trembles. The worlds shudder in their courses. The rose feels a chill as of winter. Very poetic, but not very illuminating. What tower, what rose? Wesley could feel sweat breaking on his forehead, even though he liked to keep the apartment cool. It's because of them, he thought. These boys run hot. It doesn't matter, his younger visitor said. Explain yourself, Wesley of Kentucky, and do it well if you would ever see sunshine again. For a moment Wesley couldn't. His mind was filled with a single thought, I'm on trial here. Then he swept it aside, the return of his anger, a pale imitation of what he had felt toward Candy Reimer, but real anger just the same, helped in this regard. People were going to die, almost a dozen, maybe more, That might not mean much to fellows like you, but it does to me, especially since one of them happens to be a woman I'm in love with, all because of one self-indulgent drunk who won't address her problems, and he almost said, and we, but made the necessary course correction just in time. And I didn't even hurt her. I slapped her a little, but I couldn't help myself. You boys can never help yourselves, the buzzing voice of the thing in his favorite chair, which would never be his favorite chair again, replied. Poor impulse control is 90% of your problem. Did it ever cross your mind, Wesley of Kentucky, that the paradox laws exist for a reason? I didn't, the thing raised its voice. Of course you didn't. We know you Didn't. We're here because you didn't. It didn't cross your mind that one of the people on that bus might become a serial killer, someone who might kill dozens, including a child who would otherwise grow up to cure cancer or Alzheimer's disease. It didn't occur to you that one of those young women might give birth to the next Hitler or Stalin, a human monster who would go on to kill millions of your fellow humans on this level of the tower. It didn't occur to you that you were meddling in events far beyond your ability to understand. No, he had not considered those things at all. Ellen was what he had considered, as Josie Quinn was what Robbie had considered. And together they had considered the others, kids screaming, their skin turning to tallow and dripping off their bones, maybe dying the worst death's god visits on his suffering people. Does that happen? he whispered. We don't know what happens, the thing in the yellow coat said. That's precisely the point. The experimental program you foolishly accessed can see clearly six months into the future, within a single narrow geographical area, that is. Beyond six months, predictive sight grows dim. Beyond a year, all is darkness." So you see, we don't know what you and your young friend may have done, and since we don't, there's no chance to repair the damage if there was damage. Your young friend. They knew about Robbie Henderson, after all. Wesley's heart sank. Is there some sort of power controlling all this? There is, isn't there? When I accessed her books for the first time, I saw a tower... All things serve the tower, the man-thing in the yellow duster said, and touched the hideous button on its coat with a kind of reverence. Then how do you know I'm not serving it too? They said nothing, only stared at him with their black, predatory bird eyes. I never ordered it, you know. I mean, I ordered a Kindle, that much is true, but I never ordered the one I got, it just came. There was a long silence and Wesley understood that his life was spinning inside it, life as he knew it, at least. He might continue some sort of existence if these two creatures took him away in their loathsome red car, but it would be a dark existence, probably an imprisoned existence, and he guessed he would not retain his sanity for long. We think it was a mistake in shipping, the young one said finally. But you don't know for sure, do you, because you don't know where it came from or who sent it. More silence. Then the older of the two said, All things serve the tower. He stood and held out his hand. It shimmered and became a claw, shimmered again and became a hand. Give it to me, Wesley of Kentucky. Wesley of Kentucky didn't have to be asked twice, although his hands were trembling so badly that he fumbled with the buckles of his briefcase for what felt like hours. At last the top sprang open, and he held the pink kindle out to the older of the two. The creature stared at it with a crazed hunger that made Wesley feel like screaming. I don't think it works anymore, and he... The creature snatched it. For one second, Wesley felt its skin and understood the creature's flesh had its own thoughts, howling thoughts that ran along their own unknowable circuits. This time, he did scream, or tried to. What actually came out was a low, choked groan. This time, we're giving you a pass, the young one said. But if anything like this ever happens again, it didn't finish. It didn't have to. They moved to the door, the hems of their coats making loathsome, liquid, chuckling sounds. The older one went out, still holding the pink kindle in its claw hands. The other paused for a moment to look back at Wesley. Do you understand how lucky you are? Yes, Wesley whispered. Then say thank you. Thank you. It was gone without another word. He couldn't bring himself to sit on the sofa or in the chair that had seemed, in the days before Ellen, to be his best friend in the world. He lay down on his bed and crossed his arms over his chest in an effort to stop the shutters that were whipping through him. He left the lights on because there was no sense turning them off. He felt sure he would not sleep again for weeks, perhaps never He'd begin to drift off, then see those greedy black eyes and hear that voice saying, do you understand how lucky you are? No, sleep was definitely out. And with that, consciousness ceased. Eight, Ellen. Wesley slept until the music box tinkle of Pachelbel's cannon in D woke him at nine o'clock the next morning. If there were dreams of pink Kindles, women in roadhouse parking lots, or low men in yellow coats, he did not remember them. All he knew was that someone was calling his cell, and it might be someone he wanted to talk to very badly. He ran into the living room, but the ringing ceased before he could get the phone out of his briefcase. He flipped it open and saw, you have one new message. He accessed it. Hey, pal, Don Allman's voice said. You better check the morning paper that was all. He no longer subscribed to the echo, but old Mrs. Ridpath, his downstairs neighbor, did. He took the stairs two at a time, and there it was, sticking out of her mailbox. He reached for it, then hesitated. What if his deep sleep hadn't been natural. What if he had been anesthetized somehow, so he could be booted into a different er, one where the crash had happened after all? What if Don had called to prepare him? Suppose he unfolded the paper and saw the black border that was the newspaper world's version of funeral crepe. Please, he whispered, unsure if it was God or that mysterious dark tower he was praying to, please let it still be my er. He took the paper in a numb hand and unfolded it. The border was there, boxing in the entire front page. But it was blue rather than black. Meerkat blue. The photo was the biggest he'd ever seen in the Echo. It took up half of the front page under a headline reading, Lady Meerkats Take Bluegrass, and the future lies ahead. The team was clustered on the hardwood of Rupp Arena, Three were hoisting a shiny silver trophy. Another, it was Josie, stood on a stepladder, twirling a net over her head. Standing in front of her team, dressed in the prim blue slacks and blue blazer she invariably wore on game days, was Ellen Silverman. She was smiling and holding up a handmade sign that read, I love you, Wesley. Wesley thrust his hands, one still holding the newspaper, over his head and let out a yell that caused a couple of kids on the other side of the street to look around. What's up? one of them called. Sports fan, Wesley called back, then raced back upstairs. He had a call to make.
10: The End
3: You've been listening to Er by Stephen King, narrated by Holter Graham. This recording is part of R.B. Shorts, a collection of classic and contemporary stories by the world's best writers of short fiction, each no more than an hour in length and designed to fit your listening lifestyle. There are many more to be enjoyed, so call us toll-free and ask about R.B. Shorts. All right, that was Stephen King's er, uh, so now I've definitely not only read, but listened to everything Stephen King ever wrote. So Ur was something that he specifically put out only as an online thing that they turned it into an audiobook. So I'd never read it before because I had never had access to it. So yay. Thank you, Stephen King. You're wonderful. Um, Mike, say some shit so I can get some other stuff on.
2: Yo, what's up, Mutiny Radio? We out here. Just did a show tonight over at uh, Dolores and 29th Street Bar. Knocked it out the park. We had a great time. Come to Mutiny Radio. Pam's got shows running all week long. Check her out. And that was me. All right. Yeah, Mike Bonds. Yeah, yeah.
3: where can they find you? Where can
2: they see you in, when you go to Las Vegas? Oh, uh, I'm going to be at the Cork and Thorn tomorrow night. Uh, yeah. And then I'm going to be in Boulder Sunday. Boulder City. Boulder City. No, no. Boulder City, Nevada. Yeah, it's about 30 minutes outside of Vegas, so yeah.
3: Damn. Well, kill it. All right, uh, hey, Mutiny Radio, thanks. Yay.
9: Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around, me sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship.
4: Like they know how to size me up. Thinking coming after me all the time. I'm well, they always want to hassle me. takes all up on my nuts. And they have to be like God Can't see him trying to play take in the cut. I'm a will <dig> <inaudible> <never> <inaudible> wish I could I never be Shot this fool who's there for my real ones who understand. What it feels like to have your rights went to your father
3: All right, it's 6 o'clock, everybody. Hey, you're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. This is not happy hour. There's no happiness. Everybody has COVID-19. No one is out. The comedy scene is dead. Uh, But tonight, actually, at 7 o'clock, you can go to the Mutiny Radio YouTube. You can subscribe and watch comedy from the bunker. We're going to have a bunch of different comedians from wherever they are zooming in doing sets be live on our Mutiny Radio YouTube that you can subscribe to. Thanks John Garside for hooking all of this up with your smarty pants. Super smarty pants. And I'm gonna do this crazy thing with the Zoom. We're gonna be able to hear it. We're gonna see what happens. I don't know how technology works. But I am down here at Mutiny Radio. Gonna play some music for you guys. You're welcome to give me a call 415 511 Hey! Tell me what you're doing. How are you coping without stage time? <laughs> are you are you freaking out yet? Uh, we're going to have some fun comedy tonight. I actually have to look at my jokes and see what I'm going to do. We'll keep enjoying music. This is, I'm like newly obsessed with a band called the Death Grips because surprise, Westworld, Westworld 3 is out and there's this amazing song on the soundtrack and I'm like, this is an incredible song. Oh, is this, this is new music. Turns out they're from like 2012 and before. So ha ha ha, jokes on me, old stuff is still cool. So uh, listen to a little Death Grips and then I'm gonna be playing some more stuff from the Westworld soundtrack because it's so good. Don't you love Westworld? Isn't it the smartest show on TV? Yeah, yeah, give me a call 415
4: 550 511 @radio.fm.
2: yourself. <laughs> Quick quick shark, to shark, fuck yourself, fuck yourself You need to vibrate
4: quick, higher Quick quick go to shop, fuck yourself, fuck yourself, fuck yourself cell. love you, I love you Quick quick go to shop, fuck yourself, fuck yourself, fuck yourself You need to
1: vibrate
4: higher Never seen without one hundred. she's a satanic priestess Anarchy on us, reflects my faceless listen leaders Pro and a down low end, rapping Orion's Ryan's belt. Atlantis ain't a vagina getting dusty on the shelf. don't get it.